Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. that every child masters this essential skill. We must prepare our students for a digitally driven world by requiring computer science to graduate from high school. We must work with our public universities to make college even more accessible by creating more three-year and associate degree options. My gosh, that's a lot of musts, Governor Holcomb. You got a lot of musts in your state of the state address last night. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find the podcast. Subscribe, if you would, at WIBC.com. Get everything from Tony Katz in the morning news, Tony Katz today. It is all there. So be sure to get that. Find everything I'm doing over at TonyKatz.com. Um, if kids at third grade can't read at level... I don't think there's anything wrong with saying leave them back. People want the social promotion. We need kids who can read. We do. And then again, the answer could be this whole experiment with public education isn't working. Maybe we need to rethink the model. We're tinkering with the model. Maybe it needs a full rethink. Maybe it needs to be burned to the ground. I don't know why that's not in the realm of conversation. It should be. I don't know if that's totally the answer, but it has to be part of the conversation. As for the idea of the computer science, listen to that again from the state of the state. We must prepare our students for a digitally driven world by requiring computer science to graduate from high school. Conceptually, he's in the right headspace. The technological world is here and we need to do what we can to help our kids succeed in that world. But if we're going to keep up with this public education system, the more important skill, and and, and I should be clear because I brought this up earlier, I don't know if it necessarily means a trade-off, right? Uh, Thomas Sowell is famous for saying there are no solutions, uh, only trade-offs. Um, it, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. What we need to do is teach our kids economic literacy. How to balance a checkbook, how to save for retirement, how to figure out a budget, how to invest. That's what we need to teach. And to the and, and maybe we have this in Indiana. I don't know it. What products do we have? What What legislation have we ever enacted to allow children to invest in a way that most benefits them? What tax advantages do we give? Because we should. We should. We should be proactive in this. 
But if we're going to teach computer science and not every kid was meant to code and we're not going to teach how to balance a checkbook, we're not doing it right. Balancing a checkbook comes first. Investing comes first. Understanding how to utilize your money and make your money work for you comes first. That's empowerment. And that leads to better results. Far better results. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's about this time each and every day that we bring about the popcorn moment. It's the story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. And I I have some moments to share with you. And, And I don't want to let you down. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I don't want to let you down. I want to make sure I have it. The popcorn moment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There it is. It's the story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. Just a quick hit. You had uh, uh, Ron DeSantis on, on the Fox News doing a town hall yesterday. And of course, you got a debate tonight. You got the debate tonight, but you've got Trump doing the town hall on Fox. He's talking about abortion, and then here come the protesters. Well, I think this is actually a way I can take both the first and the second part of your question, uh, because, you know, I think it is important to stand for a culture of life. I'm the only one running that has actually enacted protections for the sanctity of life. I'm the only one that's been able to do that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And you learn with these people, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you guys, that was a mistake. You guys didn't get that one right. Okay. So, so I do think it's important to, um, I think it's important that we do that. And I'm the only one running that's actually enacted protections for the sanctity of life. Uh, Iowa has done, of course. They're chanting no oil money. I think they meant no money for oil. Who who knows? These people are fools. These people who think that this kind of interruption is is valuable, they are going to get met with force. Just like the people blocking traffic, the people who block the traffic on uh, to the Holland Tunnel, for example, they're thrilled. They're overjoyed with what they did. They're like, how successful was that? It was successful because the police were behind you, stopping people from kicking you in the head. Which, by the way, is going to happen. There's one video going around with, with a guy pushing them and being infuriated. I have to go get my daughter. Get out of my way. The people who block traffic are going to get run over. These people are lawless. They don't care about the social contract. They don't care about you. They think their feelings are more important than your life, and they are going to get met with reality. The only thing stopping that right now are the people with guns licensed by the state. And police officers, for the record, you're wrong. 
If people are blocking traffic, you grab these people by the nose and you get them out of the way of traffic. People having mobility, American citizens having mobility is job number one. The right to peacefully assemble is not happening when you're blocking the street. You don't let them do it, and any mayor who would let them do it isn't worth their damn salt. Throw that son of a you-know-what directly out of office. Cops, remember who you work for. Now you say to me, they're citizens, I work for them too. And when citizens are breaking the law and endangering the citizenry, what's your job? We're going to have this conversation? You want to take it down to the nth degree? Fine. But if you're going to sit there and protect them, don't be surprised when 5,000 people start marching up and kicking them to get them out of the way. The first time the ambulance carrying the nine-year-old girl can't make it to the hospital in time and the child dies, we'll see what happens. The warning has been set. We leave it there. I bring up the popcorn moment early because there's a story that took place in Indianapolis that is so insane in the vein of the people who block traffic. There's a Facebook post that talks about a, a coffee shop called Mansion Society. I admit to you, I don't know anything about Mansion Society. I have never heard of Mansion Society. And so when when I, I, I saw it, I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know what this is. It's a coffee shop that has opened uh, at the old Central State Hospital. Well, congratulations. I hope you guys are a success. I hope, I hope it goes well. Here's the story. They opened for business as normal on December 31st. It's New Year's Eve. Fox 59 with the story. All of a sudden, a full bridal party. The bride, the bridesmaids, the groom, the groomsmen, uh, guests. They take over the whole coffee shop. They start putting their gifts everywhere. They ask the staff to take their coats they never once contacted the coffee shop to see if they can hold a wedding there. 30 people show up, take over the whole coffee shop. They keep people from coming into the coffee shop. There's an officiant, they hold a wedding. They take all the spots up front. They're not even caring where they park. The people who worked there were like, well, there is a a, a, a wedding venue like, like right around the, the, the corner. Maybe they're just stopping in for coffee. But no, they didn't stop in for coffee. They had the entire wedding in the coffee shop. They start moving chairs. They start moving sofas. They take over the whole place. And then when they left, they didn't clean anything. They just left it. They just left it. The bride, the, by the way, uh, groom, this, this is who you married? Or, or bride, this is the groom you married? You two deserve each other. You really do. Please don't have children. Um, uh, the bride emails the coffee shop 
offering a $200 donation. The shop is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our private rental fee is $500. 500 bucks, please. The wedding lasted more than 20 minutes. They sent an invoice to the couple. What we need to know from Mansion Society is, is, is uh, did they pay it? Did you get any money whatsoever? I, I am curious about what, what has happened. Now, I'm also curious because there's a GoFundMe for the coffee shop. The GoFundMe goal is $750, but they said that their their daily fee is $500. They've raised $625 of it so far. You know what? I'm not even mad. Like, I sometimes don't understand uh, all, all the why we set up GoFundMes, but these people got screwed. This couple is disgusting. What made you think you can do this? What made you think this was okay? You blocked other people from coming in? This selfishness. You think you're in charge? Well, we want to have a wedding here. We're just going to do it. No. No, you won't. What is the shop supposed to do? Start having fists fly? Because you are disgusting and this is the argument. You brought 30 people as a show of force. And so no one can do anything about it. Because if they start the fight, then they're the problem. Anybody who attended this wedding is despicable. Now, it's possible some of them didn't know that the bride and groom are such lowlifes that they didn't coordinate and pay for the space. I assume, though, they knew what was happening and they were like, well, uh, we, we, we like hanging out with DGENs. They're like Darry from Letterkenny. Sometimes uh, you, you hang out with the DGENs until you realize, wait a second, these people are DGENs. I don't hang out with them. Oh. We need to know, Mansion Society, did you get paid? This, it's the most infuriating story in the world. It is in the lead for the most crazy story of 2024. And, and uh, this, this, this year is only like 10 days old. That's, that's it. I know. I know. Feels like forever, doesn't it? It really, it really does. It really does. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. You don't... Oh, we got to do traffic. That's right. I forgot about you, Matt Bear. I was, so, was going to get into uh, one of our great sponsors, but I can't do that yet. You have to, you have to, you have to do your thing. What Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Justice Department has done here can be seen as frightening or as insulting. I I'm gonna let people decide how to view it. Allow me to share the story. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. The Department of Justice filed what's known as a statement of interest. And they say, and, and I, I quote here this from the Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark from the Civil Rights Division, quote, people with gender dysphoria should be able to seek the full protections of the Americans with Disability Act, just like other people with disabilities. Gender dysphoria, as described 
in the DSM-5, with the, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association, a marked incongruence between one's experienced expressed gender and primary and or secondary sex characteristics, or as it would be said in today's nomenclature, trans. Gender dysphoria is a known mental disorder, which is exactly what it is. And what we're seeing across the country, around the globe, is nothing more than social contagion. There is just simply no believability in terms of data to the idea that this many people have gender dysphoria. That is not the way it works. That is beyond non-science. It is, look at the attention I get, look at the video I get to make on TikTok, look how important I am, and it does show a series of issues regarding today's world and uh, its mental state. The Department of Justice stating the U.S. Constitution requires that people incarcerated in jails and prisons receive necessary medical care, treatment, and services to address serious medical conditions. I don't know where it says that in the Constitution, neither here nor there. The Justice Department is now saying, hey, all you people who want to scream trans this, trans that, trans the other, you're disabled. That's what the Justice Department said. You see, I think that those people amongst the progressive side are going to be up in arms about this. How dare you label me this way? I look at this and say, so we're now going to say that people who want surgeries and want to self-mutilate and this, that, and the other, uh, not only can you not stop them, but you have to pay for it if you're an employer or something else. Oh, you see, you can use this legislation as your protection. You made a choice. Oh, no, no, there's no choice to be made. Oh, okay. That might be true for some, but you and I both know that's not true for all. And if we're not going to be honest with each other, well, I don't know what we're doing here then. And the people offended by this conversation, eh. You offend me every day, and you don't seem to care. Why should I have to somehow change my words, which is an honest understanding of the situation, to make you happy? Next thing you know, you're going to tell me I have to use certain pronouns. That dog won't hunt. This is really a unique Pandora's box. Really, really dangerous stuff. They filed the statement as part of a lawsuit brought in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia against the State Department of Corrections for Georgia. Americans with Disabilities Act. So therefore, the state, meaning the taxpayer, has to pay for these surgeries because they're disabled and they have to have this. Oh. Um, uh, who you vote for matters quite a bit. It really does. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. mother an outraged parent because in new york where they now have to deal with being a sanctuary city as all those crossing illegally into the country have been moved to other parts of the country because they're not coming for texas they're coming to the united states and it's not racist mayor brandon johnson of uh of chicago to bring people to chicago Can I just state for the record that the mayor of Chicago is a remarkable bigot, but you voted for a socialist freak. You voted for a guy who can't do the job. This is what you get. Bringing people here, well, that's just an attack on black mayors. Shut your face, you bigoted freak. You deserve deserve all the derision and all the hate you get. You're not, you can't do this job. We all see it. We all know it. Plenty of capable people out there. You're just not one of them. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. But this is New York. And New York, of course, has taken on a whole bunch of people uh, who are here illegally and otherwise. And they've actually created tent cities at a place called Floyd Bennett Field. Sorry, kids, you can't play soccer here. Oh, we know you're citizens of the United States, but these people matter more, so we're going to put them right here. No, we don't know why the government didn't just send them back to their home countries, but they're in now, and they don't have to see a judge for about four years. So here, we're going to place them here. Well, uh, a storm was coming. As we know, there's uh, been some cold weather in lots of parts of, of the country. So what they do? They move them from this field, from this tent shelter, to James Madison High School in Brooklyn. To do that, they shut down school today. The kids have remote learning. And parents and others are like, why are my kids suffering because of this? It's a great question. Now, someone is going to make the mistake of saying, where's your humanity? These are children. First, they're not all children. Secondly, I rank these things. I don't think kids who were brought to the United States by their parents are bad kids. I feel for them. But I have to rank these things, and kids who are in the United States, who are citizens, who are here legally, come first. Why can't you do that? Why well, can't rank children? They're all important. I didn't say that they weren't important. But the kids who are here come first. Why do other people's kids come before the kids of American citizens or the people who are here legally? Why do you do that? Why don't you think that the country and those who live in it legally come first? As a matter of fact, What exactly is wrong with you that you don't do that? Because to not do that is a despicable thing to do. 
to not rank American citizens in the United States first above others is nutty, is gross, is obscene, and I would argue inhumane. If you cared about the people coming across the border, you would have stronger border policies that keep certain people out. And you say to me, what happened to the poem on the Statue of Liberty? Emma Lazarus didn't write policy and nobody voted on it. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Not be free, it's breathe free. That's not a policy. That's the problem with you progressives. You think your emotions are policy. I think your emotions are laughable. Policy is that kids in the United States who we claim to want to give an education should actually get it. And we learned after three years of, of, uh, of COVID that remote learning for these kids doesn't work. You put somebody else's kids above American kids and people who are here legally. That's an obscenity. If you cared about those coming across the border, you would have serious policy, serious technology, and you wouldn't allow half of the people to come into the country. For example, the single able-bodied males coming from China and uh, from Senegal and from Colombia and other places. If you cared about these kids, you would be looking at what we can do to end the cartels in places like Ecuador. You know what's going on in Ecuador? Absolute disaster. The cartels taking over in such a way, the violence is nationwide. It's a horror show. You have gunmen who burst into a television studio during a live broadcast took the station's anchors hostage, and then engaged in a firefight with police. If you cared about these children at all, you'd be focused on policies like that. Instead, you have got ridiculous children, like Representative Ocasio-Cortez, and these nonsense squad socialist freaks who believe that they've they've, uh, taken over the country. Believe in open borders and to believe that American children and people who are here legally, kids who are here legally, should be displaced. Bad border policy means your kids don't get an education. Maybe now you'll pay attention. Maybe now you'll change the way you vote. I don't want to hear moms screaming at security guards at a school. Change the way you vote. Change where you donate your money. And remember that the progressives, this is the world they created. Stop wanting it and stop enabling it.